Hey folks, we're just waiting for Angelica to come back. <laughs> oh boy, can't write this. So just so you know, we're we're in. I I already we're started. Just so oh, you, you know. did? <laughs> yeah, that's seriously. Hey, hey folks. So uh, welcome to. Um, hey, this was interesting. I just said seriously and. Siri thought I was talking to her. I am oh. not talking to her. This is just the craziest opening to an episode ever. All right, so, so <laughs> all right, so let's do this. So, hey, folks, welcome to this episode of the Pivot Play Podcast. I am Jerry A. Thompson, and I have with me today uh, the amazing Angelica Prescott. And, and just, I'm gonna, you guys know, I'm not huge on these bios, but this one is important. So, you know. If you're driving, stay straight on the road. And if you're at home, just sit down somewhere because you can even hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so since Angelica started her career with Edward Jones, she's been featured in Phoenix Magazine's Top 40 under, under 40, The Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Financial Advisor Magazine's Barron's, New York Times, Investment News. She's also been a contributor on MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and other publishing She's the first black female to be recognized as one of Edward Jones' top 250 women financial advisors and the first million dollar producer. She is mother to Sophia Angelica. She speaks seven languages. She dances, she sings, she writes music and poetry. She loves to hike, swim, and travel. She is phenomenal. And she gets fantastic returns for her clients, which is why she's my <laughs> financial advisor. <laughs> What up, Angelica? Hey. What's going on? <laughs> How are you? Well, I need to have you introduce me at random places. Just I, I, I can learn all that. I could I could be like your I could be like your hype man. Just go out hey. and run like, you know, woo woo. Let's like y'all ain't ready. Let's go. You ain't ready. Angelica. Just making it happen. You know, so we but we we laugh and joke. We know each other. Um, you know, I used to um, hold an executive level uh, position with Edward Jones. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of how we, how we met and um, have been able to build a, a great relationship. So every, um, so I, and again, I look at you as a superhero. You are that woman. Uh, you're making it happen. You're making it happen fast. You're doing it in a historic way. Uh, but at the same time, you're helping people. All right. So say hello, Angelica, officially. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Right. And so every uh, superhero has an origin story. What's yours? Mm. Third child, last child of a very amazing household, born in Panama City, Panama. Uh, enjoyed the idea of being close to water, and now I live in Arizona. Um, <laughs> so I guess I came here to dry out. Uh, this is the end of many estates that I've lived in and two different careers I've had, but the career that I'm comfortable finding as my purpose as a financial advisor now. Um, my origin story just bases itself on the fact that I was taught to be a woman of purpose. And whatever title I had, just be a purposeful, intentional with mm -hmm. the time I have. And I continue to do so today, and I pray that I do a great job teaching that to my daughter. Awesome. So why be a financial advisor? 
Well, I think um, there are a couple of things. As a general, are you asking from the role of what I was birthed into as a person here in this earth? Um, just as a, as a person, I mean, there's a million different things that you could do with your awesome talents and your seven languages and, and clearly being a master communicator and a, a people <laughs> person. And what, why be a financial advisor? Well, I think for me, uh, for me personally, it was empathy that it needed to be taught. I, I already had ingrained when it came to the human population and the needs that we had. There was no class I needed to take to understand the um, difficulties and differences of uh, what opportunities you had available to you in the beginning and uh, what opportunities you have available now and what you can do with sound decisions across generations. Um, in my world, it was important to make a difference and for me, it was ingrained. So being a financial advisor allows for that to happen exponentially across every single person you encounter and the people they encounter. So right. So what? It, so for our audience, help them understand exactly what a financial advisor does. Wow, a financial advisor. What do I do? What don't I do? Uh, you so have what, so many hats, but the key. Go yeah, ahead. no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because what I was going to do is, is mention that in your focus areas, so wealth strategies, intergenerational planning, which that's the, that's the one I really want to pick out. The other stuff we would kind of expect, right? Retirement saving strategies, business mm -hmm. retirement plans, insurance and annuities, college savings. That's front of the bill. But we, we want to make sure that we touch on the intergenerational component of it. But anyway, explain what a financial advisor does. We're here to understand what you're dreaming to create, and then we're here to co-create it with you. That's the simplest line um, I can say to what we do. And that may involve uh, directly with money and growing it, or it may be the idea of leaving a legacy and money will play a role in that and or protecting our family and money plays a role in that. So it's about hearing what you're saying, truly understanding what you're trying to say and allowing that with all uncontrollable circumstances around us, we still get to our goal. Right. And so... Um, it, in my lifetime, I've known a lot of people who've been, you know, financial planners, financial advisors, some of them do well, some of them do okay. You have achieved a very high level of success and I'm, I'm certain you're not near done yet. Um, so what, what is, what is the secret to how you've been able to achieve what you have, number one, um, and then at the pace at which you've, you've done it? Secret. I would say when it comes to the secret of it all, understanding the mantle of responsibility I have. For me, it's not about a number, it's not about a name, it's about a, an objective, a, a bigger, the domino effect of such. I sit in front of you now as a woman whose both parents have passed away. They never got a chance to meet Sophia. You know, um, they, were, they, they were both gone. My mom, when I was in my young years, 9 to 11, and uh, mm -hmm. my father in my early 20s. So before I hit 25, I was without parents. And I'm living in a country that I'm not even born from, you know, being in the U.S. So, yes, the sense of urgency is how it's happened so quickly. My mom, really cool little side note, she was the first woman, they were the first couple to be captains for ships in the Panama Canal that oh, looked wow. like me. Oh, wow. You know, and there's an article out there that you could tag to this um, um, uh, video to let them know, to this podcast to let them know about it. But Faye Prescott and Lewis Prescott were the bomb. And they still have their names etched in some statues 
I understood that you're going to be of impact irrelevant of how long you've been here. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I give them honor in what I do. So the timeliness of how quickly I've moved is because I know what's in front of me. There's some kid whose father may pass away that will solve cancer. And I have to make sure I fix that problem from even being something that holds him back from achieving his goals. I need to be the person that does it. And as large as our firm is, I'm sure we have that level of impact. And I need to be part of the, the positive crew when it comes right. to that. And, you're, and definitely you're part of the solution, right, from my, from my mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you look at the financial services industry, um, there are disruptors, right? And so a recent disruptor to that are these new entries into the marketplace in the form of robo-advisors, um, which some people aren't familiar with that term, but these are uh, essentially these are investment platforms that are sort of do-it-yourself, self-serve. I mean, there's some there's automation and there's artificial intelligence, but it's not interacting with a person like you. Uh, how do you measure the difference between you know someone who's I'm going to go robo as opposed to sitting down and having conversations with someone with someone like you when it comes to their financial goals? I would say that kind of takes me back to an airplane. Um, and it's fine for us to be able to have a pilot on site or even a machine take us. There's, it is possible to fly from one destination to the next without a human being in that seat. But when turmoil comes, when that lightning hits that wing, you know, and now we have to figure out something that the IT guy never programmed into the system for that computer. You want to know that there's someone who has the man hours to be able to maneuver through that. Also, the fact that things change. I was once married uh, for 10 years and I'm not married right now. I'm single in Old Town Scottsdale for half the year. Nice problems. (laughs) Things have changed for me. Um, Being married at 21, divorced by 31. I wasn't intending to be in this role, dating and being successful and managing being a mother and, and all of that. So I'm dating in public with my child. I would want a financial advisor to help me walk through those changes because retirement strategy I had at 25 doesn't apply at my 35, you know, and that robotic concept at times doesn't have the sensitivity to what things may be important to me. Right. And so getting to that, um, what would you describe as some of the biggest myths that people have around money? It takes a lot of money to make money. My gosh, it does not. You got a hundred dollars? at least $100 you could put away a month, maybe we could get you started. Like, okay. it, it's it's to demystify the idea that, sorry, ah, you don't have $25,000. We can't, we can't talk to you. Take that away. You know, um, someone could have put away $100 for you 20 years ago every single month, and you would be pretty solid with great, with great investments. Your world would be completely different with something that we use as a phone bill you know, or our eating out bill across the month or the week. Right. So it doesn't take that much to start. That's one of the myths we know. Right. And so as you, you know this, um, that during my time with, with Edward Jones in my role, um, it was a requirement that I became licensed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did the Series 7. So, um, yes. yeah, there was that. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, exactly. It, was, it wasn't Ooh. fun. But one so there's a few things. And in terms of financial literacy, it's, it's great. And one of the things that stands out to me is, um, I guess, the idea of investment theory, which largely states that for the average, you will say the uninformed person, they're getting in 
to an investment at the time they should get out and they get out when they should be getting in. How, how do you help your clients parse through that so the right decisions are being made with their portfolios? I think the most intelligent way to explain something like that is to relate it to their lives. Um, once you can connect it to something you already have ownership over, the turmoil that the unknown has disappears. For example, um, I have this blazer on. I, I love the color. Um, let's just say they have a 50% off on this blazer. Well, I already had allocated $200 to be able to buy it, let's say. Well, now I can buy two or three of them. Do you really think I'm not going to take advantage of that? Right. I mean, I'm just saying it. Every woman <laughs> should know a sale. Right. Every gentleman should know a sale. Right. Um, think about his your favorite shirt brand or pants brand or glasses or thing you tinkle with, you, 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 you mess around with, like golf clubs. Yes, that's what it is for you. Golf clubs. <laughs> there you go. Golf clubs. Yeah. If I could get your favorite club or the brand that you really love and it's mm -hmm. 80% off, you'll take advantage of that. Same thing with the market. If there's sound investments and you know what you're holding and it makes sense, mm -hmm. when it's down, you should thrive. You should get a second job and put some more money in because you know the value and the valuation of that company. And you have someone like me who is able to look at you and say, babe, what are we doing? You mean, you mean we buy more, right? We're going to take advantage of this, just like we would if we had a sale. Right. So relating it makes it much simpler. And everybody right. understands and they get hyped up instead of nervous. Right. And so then you look at the momentum um, behind some of these companies. Um, like what? Have you been surprised by the rise of, like, say, a Tesla? No. Okay. We'll talk about it because there's there's still, you know, so I'm in the mid, you know where I am. I'm in the Midwest, right? And so this is this is the land of, you know, big giant pickup trucks and mm -hmm. you know, but you know, I I clearly love Tesla as a company. <laughs> right. But I love their technology, but I'm I'm also attached to their mission and I believe that they're gonna be around for a long time. But now you look at what's happening with them, they're in the news, um, obviously more now because Elon Musk, I guess, has overtaken Jeff Bezos as the richest man in the world, wow. um, which draws more attention. But now, so it, it's, it's, I don't know, we keep thinking they've plateaued. They, they haven't, right? Um, but how, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to ask the question on how do we reason what we want to do with, with Tesla, you know, with their, their capitalization, you know, but there's a lot of companies out there like that. How do you help your clients sort of work through like this flash they see in the headline in the news and... <clears throat> You kind of know what I'm saying. Like, how do you work your way through the hype and really find what the best investments are? Well, everything that glitters is not gold. And you have to make sure that there's fundamentals backing up the companies. This market, the market of 2020, even in what we're seeing now, a lot of the logical moves were not showing up the way we expected them to. So you had to start studying human behavior and what habitual things people were interested in with tesla mm -hmm. we have brand loyalty like none other uh, tesla is doing what apple did back in the early 2000s where it would be i anything and people will form a line ipod who has an ipod now right but when it came out you couldn't right. have told us anything you know right. that was the new thing even the idea of being more interested in looking at your phone than talking to the person in front of you was a comedic thought because we mm -hmm. had then flip phones. Now you almost have to convince a couple to look across the table 
while on their date night, you know, because something's happening uh, on their social media platform. So understanding the fundamentals of what you're looking at, understanding human nature and behavior, having someone that can reason with you that's behind the scenes like myself, that's actually understanding what you're trying to achieve and what you're comfortable with when it comes to fluctuation. And you'll be able to get it right more chances than not. But remember, as amazing as Tesla may be, diversification is all, always important. There are other stocks that have outpaced Tesla, I promise you. They're just mm -hmm. not getting the limelight because, you know, it's not Elon running it. It's some random individual that likes to stay in the back, in the cut, as we call it. Right. But with that said, if you see that opportunity, get in. Don't right. be as scared as we tend to feed people fear and um, have a sound advisor. And I think you'll be skating well. Right. And so that was going to be my next question. Is there there are a lot of fears with the market itself. Right. And, and you you and I both know you know better than I do. It's complex. Right. Yes. It's nothing simple. It's moving all the time. It is its own organism. Mm. You know, I don't know how many you know, stocks or, you know, you know, the Dow Jones or I, I just, who knows? I, I don't. So there's a lot of fear. And so when there's fear, people stay away. Right. So not only are you going to stay away from the market, they're going to stay away from people like you. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you help people break down that fear? Well, make it relatable. Again, bring it right back home to look at your house real quick. I remember one of the first times I understood that um, I was working in a town called Gallup, New Mexico. Actually, I think it, I figured it out in El Paso too, but I'll give you two scenarios. In Gallup, New Mexico, it's a town in between Albuquerque and Flagstaff on I-40, uh, Route 66, if you may, mm -hmm. right? And I have an office there and there are fantastic people there, but that town uh, services a large Native American population. And I can tell you one thing, there, there was an assumption that there would be no understanding of investments within the Native American community. But we were able to break that assumption by just taking them to the Walmart that's probably one of the top 10 Walmarts in the country, the Walmart in Gallup, New Mexico. Oh, wow. And I had them stand behind and count on payday how many carts went through for mm. an hour. And then after that, we'll rendezvous it back at the office and eat because, you know, we always got to break some bread, right? Uh -huh. So with each card, it was a $500 transaction. They had an average of $500 per card and each person had their number. By the end of it, that Walmart had in an hour, 72 carts that went through at 500. We did basic math. Right. And we showed how much was being earned. Then we asked... Me, of course, looking at them saying, all right, so if the main earner, I don't know, whoever earns it, who, who pays the bills? And there was a, now, now that you raised your hand, I now killed you. Who's going to feed that child, that cart that you have to pay? Well, okay. Who's going to do it? Because you're not here anymore. You said you, you're no longer here. Who's going to feed that child? Who's going to feed that wife? Who's going to feed that husband, depending on who was the person? Or even when both came up and said, we both work. What happens when you're both gone? And now it stopped being about any investment and it started being about your heartbeat. Right. About what happens when it stops and what happens to those who have your heartbeat in them. You know, right. that's that's how it works for me. So does it apply the same way? I mean, we we know in our country, you know, people are 
raised and programmed to be consumers, not savers and investors, right? And there's a lot of wanting to look the part without yeah. being the part, right? Yeah. So is it is the same thing apply? Is just find a way to make it relatable? Well, when you don't have anything else, when you don't have direction for your money, your money gets direction from something else. So either you're piloting your money or something. Oh, no, 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 hold on a second. Say that again, because somebody just needs to hear that twice. Say that again. Anytime you have money and you don't give it direction, someone else will give direction to your money okay. for you. Boom. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, let me leave that there. So <laughs> unless you chose where it's going to go, someone else is going to come into your pocket and take it. Right. Money is always in motion. Always. Even when you think it's in a box underneath the bed, it's actually moving backwards because things are costing more every year while that dollar amount is increasing by nothing more than lint and dust. Um, So when it comes to looking the part, right? Be consumers, you have the new this, do you have new that? Do you have yourself tagged up with whatever brands you're wearing? Uh, You also have to understand that teaching will help that same person understand that one, I'm grateful that they bought that product because I own that stock. So thank you for your donation to our foundation. (laughs) I appreciate you. All Apple users, I thank you very much. All Amazon users, I thank you very much as well. Right? But at the same time, to be on both sides of the table, where you're on the side that says, hey, I enjoy my example, Apple products, or I enjoy using Amazon Prime, but I also enjoy the rate of returns I've received and or down that I've experienced with it because I bought a little bit higher than it is today. Mm-hmm. But to sit on both sides of the table and say I consume what I'm being paid by <laughs> changes the game. Right. And so and I think that that is a, just a general concept for folks, right? And in, in mm-hmm. invest in what you like, what you wear. I mean, sort of the school of Warren Buffett, right? Is, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what do what you, you use in your, say again? Mm-hmm. Invest in what you know. Right. He never right. does anything outside of the window of what he has studied. Well. Right. You know, but what's interesting with him, too, is that, you know, Warren has been really slow. He's been almost sort of anti-tech. And mm-hmm. even he now has sort of started to make the shift toward mm-hmm. towards tech. It's like this something's, ha- something's happening here. This is more than a fad. So he might have missed the first eyes, right? The mm-hmm. first, I, you know, um, iPod and then the mm-hmm. iPhone, mm-hmm. you know maybe the iMac and the iPad, but, you know, I'm sure <laughs> the next i something, you know, but, You'll um, be there. Yeah. you know, hey, but, you know, and so there are a lot of different ways, uh, I think to go about it. I want to, I want to touch on one thing. What advantage has your being multilingual, what has that done for you? Well, you have to take it all the way back to the fact that I'm from Panama city, Panama which is the vein of all movement of product in the world. Um, I don't, I, I remember getting on ships with my parents cause you know, they didn't have care.com back in the mm-hmm. day to get a babysitter real quick. Okay. And on those ships, I'm the youngest and a huge age gap between me and my other siblings. I think they forgot they could get pregnant. Then I showed up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but But that being said, at times I was on these ships for 14 hours with one, either my mom or my dad. And on that ship is a complete different world. It's its its own moving city. And there you could have, remember I'm five, six, seven years old. You could have people who are 100% from China. You could have people that are from India. You can have people from Europe and different countries in Europe, Arab countries. 
um, you don't know what language you're going to speak. So from, from a very young age, understanding culture through language and food and thought process was already a norm, right? So when it came to dominating the language, Latin being, you know, Spanish being one of the root of the Latin language, I could skip through French, Portuguese, Italian, easy. The English is the hard one. The Mandarin's the hard one. Really? Um, yeah, English is tough. This I, this I'm, thing we're I've doing been, right I've here. Been, I've been struggling with French. I've been, I've been every now and again. I go pick up, try to you know. I got a few words. I'm like, to me, a French is a hard language. So you you know, you say English is, but English okay. English is tough because English copy does copycats on every language and just throws it in like gumbo, but not made by someone who knows seasoning. So, <laughs> um, it it you can have kindergarten, which is a German word, you know. Right. And uh, dog de Bordeaux, which is a French word, and it's French Mastiff. But you, you they just play with um, every language. And honestly, it's beautiful, but it is exhausting. There, there, they are, theirs. No, stop it. I, I died at the second one, <laughs> you know. But uh, out of all of the languages, I think the hardest one is English by far. Okay. I think my problem is I try to relate everything to English and sometimes it has nothing to well, do that's with a bad, that. That's a bad idea. That's, that's... I, 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 I learn by association, right? What, <laughs> what connects me to one thing connects to the other. And it's like, no, you're starting from scratch <laughs> with, with, with French. So, and it's still important. I still want to learn French. So when, French I, get, uh, when I get dual citizenship in one of those wonderful countries in Africa, then uh, there are a lot of them are well, pick it up quick. speaking. Well, I think immersion is a good way to do it, right? You know, um, I was in Amsterdam. I really just enjoyed it. It's like by the end, you know, because like you're all, you know, what people do is like you cram the last minute, you know, you get yes. like one of those audios and sit on this 40 and I was like, I'm going to learn, you know, <laughs> all of it. I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn the language on my way. <laughs> I'm sleeping, watching movies. I got like three words. It is. <laughs> what, what is, what is the most, what are the most, oh, wait, 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 go ahead. Wait. I'm sorry, go ahead. You asked something and we enjoyed a conversation without me answering it. What has language done to help me? Ah, so yes. For those that are waiting for that full answer is it's allowed me to understand people in four dimensions. It allows for me to be able to sit back and say when a person's talking to me and they come from a very strong Asian influence uh, background, whether we're born in Asia or not, when they're talking about taking care of their parents, it has a different tone to it than it may have when someone is more so from the US base, or if you're from Africa, or you're from South America, putting your parents in a sheltered home with elderly people might not even be an option or a discussing point. You need to build a little house in the back. So you better plan for that because uh, grandma or nana or ma ain't going nowhere but down the hall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when she's done not remembering your name right you and, know, she, so, and, and and she's still gonna run the place oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. she's gonna run the place oh yeah <laughs> even who you date should be considering your culture because you might end up divorced based on your family alliances you wow. know so you have to make sure that when these languages are in, in, inculcated like i was telling you earlier empathy or sensitivity was not taught it was already ingrained so therefore when the presentation of a problem comes i'm going to have to fragment it based on who's saying it and what their relationship is within the family wow wow okay i get it 
I um I I learned a lot about the Asian culture because of some of the people who work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize that sometimes when you're having a conversation with them, you're really having a conversation with their family. Yes. You know, so we'd have a conversation, everything would be good. And next time you talk to them, it's like they have a whole different point of view. Took a few times around the track before I realized like, oh, I'm not talking to her. I'm speaking with her family. Yeah. You know, you're talking and, to the father, the eldest brother you're talking. Absolutely. To. Right. Mm-hmm. So what what is the most challenging? What are the most challenging days in the life of a financial advisor? The day when you allow a, a failure or an assumed failure to pragmatically paralyze you. I need an example. So. Which one do I want to give you? So you're in a situation where you're taking care of clients and, oh, you're taking care of clients and there's someone they were referring to you, Mm -hmm. but they never got around to actually closing that referral. And therefore you never got to meet this person. Well, this person, this gentleman went hiking and he died while hiking. He left behind a one-year-old son and a beautiful wife that stayed at home. I was only one conversation away from making sure they had insurance, making sure they had a strategy in case a catastrophe hit, making sure that we talked about the ownership of the house not being under one name but being under two names, making sure that there was some type of a setup for spousal life insurance from her job. There's so many things this child will live in an environment without my impact. And then when, when you're now fixing broken vases, it's never as good as it could have been had I actually connected beforehand. And it was a very young individual, early 30s, super fit. We still don't know what happened. Legendary individual, loved by everyone. You don't have to be sick to pass away. Right. You just pass away. Wow. And to be now a self-imposed godmother to that child who looks just like his dad. Wow. And feel the pain of the fact that had I been more aggressive about asking for who they were referring to me, that child's life could have been completely different. Not allowing that situation to paralyze me Mm -hmm. is one of the tough days as a financial advisor. Right. And so you mentioned... um a story with with a couple so when when money uh gets into tight places right the dynamics in relationships can be affected so let's let's talk a little bit about oh, um, boy. investing in, in couples right and so we there's 15 different ways we could probably approach this oh there's um, many more than that but okay i got 15 okay and we and we got like 20 minutes so we okay. got <laughs> So, we'll have a sequel. We'll have set two. Go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this is great, and people are getting a lot from this. So, so first, should unmarried couples invest together? There's no absolute answer to that. Um, it depends on the relationship. It depends mm-hmm. on the stability, and it depends on the maturity of the individuals involved. If everything's going to be cut in half and everybody's dropping the same amount of money, then sure. from you, $500 from me, we're buying the same stuff. Mm -hmm. We break up, we cut that joker in half, and everybody goes their by ways. 
So that just sounds like way too simple. And then I think there's a, a couple words in there that you went by really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I'll just, I'll just lay this down. It's like, oftentimes people say that the most important thing in a relationship is communication. And I, yeah. one, well, I a hundred percent disagree with that. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe the most important thing in a relationship is maturity. Yes. Maturity. Right? Because if you have two immature individuals, what type of communication are you going to have? Quality. It's going to be, it's going to be a hot mess. Yeah. Right? And so I yes. think that all the other elements can come together if they if these individuals are mature and stable um, without that, again, it's, it's going to be a, a train wreck. Um, but it's still your answer still sounds maybe a bit oversimplified for me because I've oh, just seen massive oh. I've seen massive blow ups over just like for left, sir. Huh? That 20 minutes were left. Okay. <laughs> well, no, but let's talk about the challenges, right? Because you you know this how this comes, right? There's one person who's a saver, the other one who's a spender. There's this mm-hmm. one who's, you know, and so how how have some of those dynamics been expressed in your office when you're speaking with these folks? Well, you have the I call it the automatic automatic shutdown, where one person just I I tease it they they start you're, they might as well start knitting a blanket. They're not involved, you know, and right. there's a the leader in the conversation saying, we're doing this, 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 mm-hmm. right? And then there's the person and it could be male or female, you know, but I call it, the, the, there's a lean back. So when I don't see that collaboration happening, I'm, because being a financial advisor, especially a holistic financial advisor involves a lot of coaching and a lot of psychiatric assistance, you know, to pull what is not being said. And I enjoy that. The, body language, I'm reading them as they behave and as they perform, even if it's virtual. Mm-hmm. So involve the other person, say, hey, so such and such, Mr. or Mrs. knitting in the back, what's your take on that? The moment you see that, oh, whatever that person says is fine with me. I then ask the next person, are you comfortable with them saying that, knowing that at some point you won't be able to speak anymore and they'll have to make decisions over you? Then you pull back. Mm-hmm. And then now it's a, no, I, whoa, what do you mean? I said, well, you're now incapacitated. And the person here is going to have to make the decisions as if they were you. Do you feel confident they'll be able to do that? Well, no, no, no. If that person has an issue, I'll be fine taking care of that person. But if I had an issue, they create this dichotomy that now causes, honestly, and I've seen it before, the end of days to be more of a struggle for a couple than ever. You know, so yeah, it's it's something you have to sit back and kind of have them work through and allow the person to have some type of buy-in to the objective. Because if they don't have buy-in, it's going to be half broken at all times right. and just two mistakes away from not happening at all. Wow. So are those dynamics um, largely different when there's a huge disparity in income, you know, between the folks in this couple um, or if one stay at home? Yes and no. The disparity of income earned, because some individuals are married to very wealthy individuals that don't have to work. So even that scenario, you might see the one that doesn't have to work, that's wealthy by generational wealth, Ah. managing assets, you know, while the other individual goes and breaks the bread, uh, because they're generationally involved with wealth. They were investing since young. So when we say stay at home, I want to put in that bracket of stay at home because of caring for their kids or because, honestly, they're trust babies. and They don't have to do none of that. Yeah. And which is 
clearly what I, I was not thinking like that because it's certainly not my experience. So I'm thinking like somebody's at home. This is a mm-hmm. single income family. Yep. You know, yeah. that that's as, that's as far as my experience goes. <laughs> right, right. Well, so. 13 to 14 years in, trust me, I've seen a lot of what you're saying as much as I've seen this side. And the reason why I want to bring this up is one, I did assume that you were not thinking of that idea. And I want the audience to not assume that when they see two African-American individuals communicating, that by default wealth cannot be happening in these communities because it does. And there's nothing to be shamed about with that. The key thing is to make sure that we understand that at home, many things can happen because financial advisors themselves can assume, oh, your wife stays at home. Well, what is she adding to the family? Well, she actually has 26 million already. Mm-hmm. And now they look like an idiot and that client leaves right. and says, you, you were already assuming things just because of the color of my skin. Right. Um, now, back to the dichotomy of income. Let's say the stereotypical um, middle class family, one home, one income, one person that stays at home, not for the kids. They just don't have the academic caliber to really bring much money in. Is it likely for there to be a difference? Yes. There's something that happens at times when you've earned it at work versus you've earned it by keeping a stable home. Uh, At some point, keeping the home stable can become easier than that. Hmm. And they still, the individual male or female can still believe that they've still put in the same level of effort as a person that did 24 hour shifts back to back this month. So once we start grading it, at times when you did not earn it, it's easier to leave than when you sweat for every second of it, you know? And then you'll be surprised. The inverse is because you've earned it, you feel you have the right to spend it because you've earned it. So the saving idea is gone because I earned this, I'm gonna get myself such and such bag, such and such shoe, because I'm the one working here and you're staying at home. So you figure out when you're gonna get, there's all of these conversations layering. Right. And half of it has nothing to do with the audience in front of you, has to do with how you were raised. And what you considered normal in the first place when it comes to relationships. So much to talk about with that. Right. And 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 so, yeah, certainly the way that you were raised. And then what I've also seen um, is who's in your circle. Yes. Right. Oh, <laughs> you just shot me with that one. I'm, let, me, let me take a moment. Oof. Your circle. Yeah. They who, impact who, everything. Who's who's in your ear? Who's influencing you? Who are you att- attempting to keep relationship with? um who is secretly jealous of what you have and so they're they're actually you know disguised they have grenades described disguised as advice right (laughs) and you take them home and boom right right. (laughs) blows up so i've seen that those influences change as well right can can have a a major impact on what happens Mm -hmm. in someone's home therefore what happens with their money yes right so so there's 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 that um can we have a whole conversation on that later absolutely yeah 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 no let's let's do it um and so you kind of answered my next question is that you obviously do play a role as you know sort of counselor slash you know peacekeeper you know but i'm believing that the objective is to bring about collaboration yes right an agreement um so uh so another key component in investing is being able to assess risk tolerance, mm. right? And so that's its own thing with an individual. With risk tolerance, how does that work with couples? 
especially when it's completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want them as far apart as they can possibly be. The one that holds cash while the other one goes into penny stocks. <laughs> wow. And honestly, you'll see the same expression on my face when I talk to them. Whoa, y'all. Y'all are over here. She wants a CD and you want um, such and such investment that has like two days since it's existed. Or, or the person who's completely distrusting of the market, right? Completely. Period. And they don't like, I don't, I don't, I'm here because they made me come here. But yeah, again, at the end, we're, we're fear, we're at fear. Mm-hmm. We're at a lack of perhaps some financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, but it still comes down to That's risk gambling. tolerance. It's right? gambling. And yeah. so in, in the industry, right, this is relates to suitability. People don't, some don't understand that term, but you are held accountable as a financial advisor based on how you manage through suitability. Just so just for the sake of the audience, explain suitability. Well, what's it when you're shopping for a car mm-hmm. and you know what you need to have that car do, you find the car that's suitable for you. So if you have four kids, you know, a two door, a, a, a two door, two seater speed racer might not be the way to get your family around. Suitability is just like that based on what you're comfortable experiencing, how much money you currently have, what you're putting away and what your goals are, we will create with that what's suitable for what you want to achieve. Now, here's the thing. It changes. Because remember, you you eventually, that person that was a soccer mom eventually becomes an empty nester. Right. And do we really need the minivan anymore? You know, or do we need better luggage so we can go travel now? you know, and go see the grandbabies or go to Spain. Right. So suitability can change just like that, like phases of your life. That's suitability to you. Is the CARE Act still in play? Ish. Um, okay. The, the leftovers of it are still in play that I'm aware of. I don't know what's coming up the line, but remember with the CARES Act, whatever distributions you took, and for those that don't know what it is, there was a period of time um, early last year, 2020, where, uh, there was an ability to take money out of your retirement plans or 401ks and use it because many people were laid off, as we know, and be able to pay taxes across a three-year timeline. So that three-year timeline is happening now in year two of 2021 and then 2022. Uh, So it's not done yet, but can you pull money out of a 401k at $100,000 like you could before? No, that ended uh, 2020. Oh, well, you can. I mean, you can, but it's not penalty free <laughs> like it was before. Right. Taxes and penalties. So, so from the CARES Act, the tax liability did not go away. It just got spread over time. Man, Uncle Sam never gives up on his dough, man. He's going to get his money one way or another. That is tough. And I'm, I'm going to assume that there were, you know, probably some clients of yours that were impacted right? You know, by what's happened with the, with the pandemic. Um, and you've had to help counsel them through some of these tough decisions. Yes. Um, so, and where you are in, in Scottsdale, um, what would you say have been the impacts largely of the, of the pandemic? And maybe even, and I don't want you to go deep into your, your client base. And I know you wouldn't do that anyway, but what are you seeing as the impacts to the average person? as it relates to their finances with, with COVID? Well, before I answer that question, I want to make sure that the, the audience understands that me being in Scottsdale does not limit who I'm working with. I'm 
working uh, with people all the way in Maine, Alaska, Hawaii, Florida. Missouri. Um, individuals that, yeah, of course, Missouri. Missouri. And a, a lot of Missouri, yes, more of that Missouri. Uh, we've got Connecticut, we've got all of that. So I can work with people all over the country. That being said, that allows for me to have a real sensitivity to how it's impacted certain areas more so than others based on the people that I'm working with. The average Joe, average Jane, losing your job and or having reduced hours or having to take a salary maintenance or cut while being given more responsibilities was a huge strain. I don't even have to go to them. I could talk about how it impacted me. I'm a single parent. Um, co-parenting in Team Sophia, right? But for the weeks that I have her, I still have to run a firm. I still have to run my branch. And my child's learning on a screen. And even though my income did not get hit, my brain got destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt every single day. When I became a teacher to a fifth grader that goes to a Chinese curriculum school, while my clients are needing help with, my mom just passed away of COVID. I need help now. So talk about being pulled in every single direction. What we've been able to learn from this though is how capable we are as humans to traverse difficult moments and still exist kind enough to want to meet with people for Thanksgiving. Right. You know, that, that I think shows the valiantness and courage that we've had to stick together as best as we could. We've had a lot of divisive things happening in 2020. And the fact that people can still go across the table and talk to folks is, is huge. Right. So let me segue for a minute. Do you remember this song, Don't Ever Underestimate the Power of This Girl? <laughs> you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this man has pulled out my own stuff. At me, yes. Go go to Angelica Prescott on Facebook and you'll see a video that he's referring to with a little girl called Sophia. Right. Yes. Don't right. ever underestimate the power of a girl. Right. This girl. I was pointing at my child. Right. I made made up the song on site. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but but part of what comes out of that, right, in, in that video is is you are very. Uh, focused on what you want to impart to Sophia. So if we could just talk parenting, like what, what, what do you see um, for her and how does that impact how you parent her? Every time I talk about that love of my life, I get teary eyed. Um, I want you to mess up your makeup now, though. It, it's oh. it's sad. It's sad. I'm Afro Latina. We could go through <laughs> hurricanes and come out saying, "Hola, cómo están? Buenos días," without a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll catch the tears as they go. But what do I want to impart, and what do I see for Sophia? The universe is her platform. Notice there's a difference. I didn't say universe is no, or the sky is the no no limits. It's her platform. She starts there. Uh, that's where I see my child. And I see many other children just the same. But in this particular storyline, it's Sophia. What do I want to impart and how do I parent her? I parent her with the concept of education happening in all places. Meaning, right now she's solving for area and circumference in fifth grade. That school is serious. 
there's some plumbing work that's being done in Scottsdale because, you know, more people are moving out to this really nice area of the country. Uh-huh. So I literally pulled over the car that I enjoy very much that will remain nameless. And uh, I get out and I show Sophia the angles of the piping in the ground that she'll never really get to see again that way because it'll cover it up and off we go. We'll just be driving over it. So I let yeah. her see all right, why is it that it's straight this way? Why are the angles curved that way? That's the same thing you were learning on that sheet of paper, love, in real time. I also played with COVID. I adjusted things because there was no more PE. Uh-huh. So I decided to make PE what I wish PE was for me. Okay. Right? So follow me. There's this place called um, Indoor Skydiving. I, I fly. I, I fly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she gets some hours at iFly to indoor skydive because that's physics, remember? And then we do K1 racing to understand momentum and thrust and power and force. And then we did some swimming. Um, We also did some gun range shooting. And next we're going to have some axe throwing. Oh. Um, All to explain real math, science, biology in real time. So the child's probably going to end up being like a CIA agent for all I know. Right. <laughs> you catch it from the sky, snipe you while she surfs the air, you know, <laughs> harpoon shoots you under the water, ride great white sharks, who knows? Right. Right. So I wanted Sophia to be in a space where anything could happen and everything was achievable. The only reason I'm a financial advisor today because before my mom died, she told me I could do anything. So I, I switched my entire brain based on my father being sick with cancer. Mm-hmm. When he said someone needs to figure out money. Okay, I guess I'll do that. My dad said someone needs to go to space. I would have been an astronaut. Without a question, changed my entire life because mom said I could do anything. And I believed her. Right. So um, before we wrap, do you, do you recommend your vocation? to others? Yes, I do. But I also recommend for any vocation to have financial literacy and impact their community. I don't believe that you have to be a financial advisor to give sound advice or to lead people to sound advice. Fair enough. So, and so lastly, then there's still this person who hasn't really done anything hasn't gotten started doesn't know where to start so they literally are on the fence what what are your parting words for that person and also the person who thinks like i said if i'm not walking in the door with you know 50 grand no one wants to talk to me what what's your what's your message to that person because i I know that there's people who are going to see this episode that just need to get break the ice and just get started how long are you willing to only be the giver of assets and not the receiver of such. How long are you willing to force your money to not pay you back? How long are you willing to let the dollars you work so hard for be bums on the couch versus showing up to work at some institution that you've invested in? How long are you willing to sweat for everything, understanding the opportunity for something to sweat for you is there? Wow. Okay. So now, First of all, thank you so much for doing this. And we need to do this again 
right? There's other a ton of other things that we can we oh, can yeah, talk we can about because things are always them. always changing. Um, but do me a favor and just tell people how do they find Angelica Prescott? Well, you literally can write Angelica Prescott and Google, and I think my friend said you can actually find me just with the name, and it's Prescott with a D, not two T's. So that being said, look me up on social media. I'm in Facebook, Instagram, and my personal, those are my personal sites. No judgment. This is me just hanging out. And of course, with that, you can find me in my place of work. I work at a firm called Edward Jones, and you'll find where my office is, et cetera. And feel free to give us a call if you have questions. The key thing is information is power. Knowledge is power. And I'm willing to impart as much as I can to help the community. Yeah, pretty much if you Google Angelica Prescott, F. Pres Prescott, is that a different person? Are you F. Prescott? Angelica. That's right, you are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, like you just put your name into Google. And Does it show you, up? You kind of own the first page. Oh, thank you, Google. Yeah, 40 under 40, Facebook, U.S. News, LinkedIn, Instagram, it just goes on. There's videos, there's photographs. So you, uh, you, 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 you house in Google. You're doing pretty good. Well, I have yeah. a lot of people that I take care of over there. So thank you guys. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. we should get some Google stock. That's what's going on there. So, <laughs> but no, no, you, you're housing. So, and, and everything will be on the screen. So, but again, thank you so much. Let's figure out what part two looks like. Um, maybe we can get some more specific questions from our audience and about that'll guide our next conversation. Sounds great. All right. Peace out. Appreciate Bye. you. See you.